I'm Carly Shields, and I play Lola, the Harpy Wizard. I'm Bajaya, and I play Mirka, the Yeti Fighter. I'm John, and I play Mort McCoy, the Skeletal Ranger. Hola, me llamo es Patricio. Juego Ezra, the Garlock. Hey, I'm Adam Bash. I'm the storyteller, and welcome to Brute Force. Greetings, fine ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Gilded Ram Grog House and Tea Room. I, of course, am Jasper Spitwhistle, and I come to you today, sort of a new man, a man reborn, you know, divorced from the, the troubles of yesterday, or more specifically, the divorced from the troubles of two weeks ago. You know, when we last met, I, there was some ugliness there uh, with regards to um, the issues of a secret admirer who turned out to be a giant hoax and yada, yada, yada. I mean, we've all been there, of course. You know, who among us has not been catfished by a restaurateur once or twice in their life? So I'm taking a, you know, a kind of a, a step back, really, from the, from the emotional impact of, of such an event and saying, you know what? You know, things are all right for me. You know, I'm a respected man in my position as a bard, a storyteller, an entertainer in this town. And um, yeah, sure, maybe things could look sunnier on the love life side of, of town. But hey, you know, I managed to, to figure out a new way to fold my shirts. And it's significantly more efficient. I, I've managed to fold, you know, three shirts in the amount of time that I had previously been folding two shirts. Um, so this has been a great, uh, a great day for me, really, all things being equal. This is, uh, man, that's about as good as it gets, you know, about as, about as good as it gets for old Jasper. Well, um, so where were we? Oh, yes, 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 with, with the story. Well, last time, you know, when we were all together, I was telling you about um, some, some, some ominous warnings that Lola had received now, of course, this was right before the crew was to set off for the Elysian Sands, so, I mean, I probably could have told you this in advance of the whole rest of the story, but it wasn't as, like, a hooky part, you know, it wasn't really going to reel everybody in, so I kind of save it to later. But it is important, I believe, to give a little bit of that, hey, little foreshadowing, right? Hey, you know, a little, whoa, watch out, danger, danger, right? Whoa, whoa, these are my danger sounds. So, and all of that is all well and good, but we don't need a centaurian gypsy to tell us that there's danger in the midst because, oh boy, flash back forward slightly to the most recent part of the story we were telling, and there's a 20-foot tall demon creature bearing down on the brute force. Oh my word. Oh my, the absolute horror of it all. And they were shaking in their boots, to be quite honest. I mean, it was a frightening experiment for them to be in, but, you know, Obviously, they're, they're going to be fine. You know, we can't be too upset about it right now because we know they made it out of this little scuffle. But you may not know where that road leads. The road that follows the demon into the forest. Well, I'll tell you where that road leads. And it's actually quite interesting. The best analogy I could possibly make is imagine that you were a bird. Now, you live in a tree, a gigantic conifer, stretches miles wide in each direction, takes up the entirety of the forest that you know. 
Every bird that you've ever met, your entire family, everyone that you know and love, all reside within this one single massive tree. It encompasses the entirety of your world. It is your world. So you cannot stretch your mind to wrap around a world before that tree. Well, in all due respect, it's because you're a dumbass bird. Now, if you were a sentient creature like you or I, maybe you would think, well, you know, trees, trees grow from seeds. So surely at some point there was a seed. I wonder who laid the seed. Was there a tree before it? A tree even more massive than this tree I live in now? Was it called Tree Senior? I don't know. These are the questions I would like to have answered. And you go out and you seek a mystic. Now, we can do these things, birds cannot. Now, the point I was trying to make is that right now, you just see the tree. It's around you, everywhere. The city in which you live, Murkheim, the kingdom in which you reside as well, Gravemire, and the lineage of that kingdom you know so well, but you don't know the intricate details of who laid the seeds of the kingdom that you know. I may be stretching the analogy a little bit thin at this point, but I will say, with all of my heart behind this statement that for the people in this room, the people here in Murkheim, there is no moment more gravity-bearing than the one you are about to hear. The interactions before you have shaped the kingdom around you in ways small and grand, but mostly grand, like super really big stuff. And imagine that you're the brute force at this moment, standing outside the walls of the place that you call home facing off against a massive 20-foot beast creature and its assorted minions. Well, I don't know about you, but I would be terrified. And fittingly enough, they were terrified. Oh yeah, there's a 20-foot tall demon. Um, three sets horns. of horns. Three sets of flaming horns. Yeah, all that good stuff. Um, there are also... Uh, I mean, to, to paint a further picture for you, there are also uh, several small, uh, small with respect to a 20 foot tall demon, uh, <laughs> but uh, humanoid sized demons kind of flanking this thing. There's about six of them. Okay. Uh, Lola's the color drains out of Lola's face and she says, oh, shit. Sorry, guys. Uh, yeah, so I'm going uh, to rethink this volunteering for being taken hostage by well, demons thing. Uh, I mean, at least history will show that we volunteered. <clears throat> at least history shows that we uh, volunteered and um, they didn't force us to. <laughs> yeah, that's all that history is going to show of us. But, it's okay. <laughs> I'm a shrub. Nope, that's not the voice that I use. That's Ezra's shrub voice. That's Ezra's shrub voice. Ghost voice. I wasn't looking at the screen. I thought that was Adam. I was like, what character is this? It's okay. I'm a shrub. It's all right. Look at me. I'm a shrub. Don't worry about it. There you go. You got it. That's the one. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. I don't know. That's not even a voice I've ever used. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, if you guys aren't doing anything, the uh, the smaller demons are approaching you with ropes. Oh, I've definitely started walking back to hide behind the others. <laughs> um, I I. 
suppose we shouldn't try and fight them, right? We um, want to be taken. Well, the whole plan was to be taken, so we'd figure out where they're taking everyone else and maybe save them, so yeah. I mean, it's kind of yeah. going against all my instincts to just stand here and let these things come for us. Uh, I know. <laughs> uh, I guess that's the plan. Right. Don't ask me, I'm just Not a shrub. I'm my best, but let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you, we don't want to just go for them? Come on, guys, we can do it. And America just looks around. <sighs> and Lola and Mort just are like, ah! Does anybody by any chance remember the name of this demon? Uh, uh, is it... No. Nobus? Uh, Yanov, Yanov, do you... Do you remember the name of the demon? Uh, yeah, uh, we've, I don't think anybody said anything about a name for this thing. Well, it, okay. it, uh, Lola looks to Ezra uh, waiting for a name. Let's just give it a name. <laughs> let's just give it a name. Isn't his name Damon? Let's... The demon? Uh... <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Greetings, uh, <laughs> right. Mr. Damon. Okay, but... But when we say it, we have to go, Damon. Damon. We are, are here to Wait, offer ourselves as tribute to <sighs> the great, powerful Damon. Is your first name Matt? The, 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 <laughs> the smaller demons that are approaching you are, like, looking real confused. <laughs> And why don't you guys give oh, me no. um, a perception roll? Does the shrub have to roll? Oh. Probably not. <laughs> if you don't feel like Perception it. Well, you can. If you're committed right. to that I shrub life. Is Jam Tooth going to sell me out for being a shrub boy? Is it Perception and Wits? Uh, I got you. I mean, to him, everything's a tree, Two. so. <gasps> I don't I want no shrubs. A shrub zeros. isn't. Ah, hold on. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, shit. I got, I got two zeros and two successes, so four. Nice. <laughs> I only got two. I got one. Wow, that's pretty good. Okay, uh, Mirka. Oh no! <laughs> you notice as what? Oh no! No no no! Keep going. Are you that concerned? You rolled well on a perception. I think roll, she's worried about to say, um, you know the intelligence of Mirka uh, and having to deal with this. Yeah, having to oh, deal with the okay. shit. Uh, all right. So as these as these demons approach, you kind of you kind of notice that they don't look super demony. They look a little more like tiefling e. Okay. Uh, I, I whisper the others but... as, as as they come closer, and I'm like, "Well, at least it looks like we can probably take on these guys." Hey guys, I um, don't think these are, are like actually half demons. They don't look like demons to me. They look like tieflings. I don't know what that means, but it just is in my head as <laughs> oh, tieflings. Um, those, those are All right, like I'm gonna, half. I'm demons. gonna change that. Mirka doesn't know shit, apparently. <laughs> hey, hey, don't punish Mirka for Bajaya. Yeah, don't punish <laughs> Bajaya said, as Mirka, I don't know what that is, and I don't know why I would know that, in which case, like, maybe you shouldn't. She knows, she knows. Um, yeah. She just can't think about it right now. Come on, let's go with it. Uh, those are okay. like half demons, I think. I remember reading. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, like, you don't... 
You don't ever see them around. I this is the first time I've ever seen one. Huh. Hello. All right. Well, they're in the process of binding okay. your hands. Oh, shit. Hello, half. So nobody's throwing. Nobody's throwing a fight about that. I, I'm going to. But Mirka is trying to like just move her arm around all everywhere so they can't grasp both of her hands to bind them. Do you want me to roll something um, okay. for that? Okay. Why don't you give me just a give me give me a just a strength just a straight strength Ooh. roll. Oh girl, I will. Hopefully I will roll as roll as I did last time. Oh, I did not. You just one to. success. All right. Well, between the two that are approaching you, they pretty handily like manage to pull your arms back in place and get them tied up. Uh, Mort tries to Watch my hair. flex his muscles so that when they relax, the ropes aren't quite as tight, and then realizes he doesn't have muscles. I so was gives just up. gonna say, flexing your muscles. I'm glad huh? you realized that. Yeah. Um, the spectral Mort muscles. Mort is trying to control her terror as she's not really combat. She's not really made for combat. Um, so these things are just fucking terrifying to her. And she's like, tears are rolling down her cheeks. And she's like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> she looks a little, uh, <laughs> manic. <laughs> How's, uh, Nigel doing? Uh, he's not doing well. He's, uh, he's, he's crouched down in a, in a fetal position at this point. Aww. But. I, I spent too much time two episodes ago crying as Nigel, uh-huh. and now I, I, I really don't. <laughs> He's all cried out. I don't have it in me anymore. He's, He's cried out. Nigel's all cried, cried out. From the bush. Yeah. They hear, let my people go. Did <laughs> <laughs> you hear that? So the 20 foot tall demon like turns towards the no. bush and like starts approaching Shut with. Like a massive uh, axe in hand. Uh, now might be a good time to not pretend to be firewood, Ezra. But I, I just stay there bush style. <laughs> You're gonna be Straight chopped up, bush up style. Ezra. Just pop out really fast. Why don't you? Why don't you give me a? Uh, why don't you give me a stealth roll? Uh, Stealth and what was the what was the other one we did with stealth? Uh, I have to go pull up a character sheet for Pre- this bullshit. Presence? Pre- I don't think so. There's like a there's a there's another one that you're fooling people yeah, with. Manipulation. Yeah. So stealth and manipulation, <laughs> uh, but you get a bonus because of your uh, chia seeds. <laughs> you got a bonus, so that's like a plus. So two more dice. I think you get like a plus oh, okay. two bonus. Someone gave me a chia more. pet the other day. I just rolled an extra one, so. No, they didn't. One, yeah, two. Yeah, it was a Scooby-Doo one. Oh, gosh. Three successes. All right, let's see if this thing can see what the heck's going on. We're doing a on. Moses in the Burning Bush bit. That's uh, what I was doing. Yeah, uh, so this thing doesn't understand what the heck was, was making the sound over there, because there's just a bush, and it doesn't look like there's, like, anything going on so it kind of loses interest and turns back to the group <laughs> that was me laughing not not the bush <laughs> it turns back <laughs> <laughs> alright so once you guys are once you guys are are, are uh, suitably bound the uh, 
the the smaller demons that are surrounding you that you guys have identified as as a little band of tieflings uh kind of nod to the to the larger demon and uh they kind of yank on the ropes and start pulling you guys along back towards the the area that they uh they came from and uh as you guys walk past the demon it just kind of stares you down on the way past uh as, and uh as america walks past him she says yeah you better be happy that i'm bound up or i'll knock you to the ground you know i would it laughs uh, like a real deep, uh, like guttural yeah, you laugh. Better laugh, because you know you wouldn't be if I wasn't if I was unbound. Uh, so as you guys are dragged off into the woods, it it starts clomping on uh, behind you guys. Ezra is sneaking bush style, like uh, in Peter Pan, that real racist scene. When they're singing, following the leader, but all the Indians are in the the pine trees, sneaking up oh on the god, lost no. boys. <laughs> all right. Oh god! That's how I am. I'm sneaking around, okay. bush style. Ugh. All right. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to make you roll for any of that because your 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 stealth roll earlier was pretty good. Plus, like the people, like the the like the the tieflings that are, are surrounding the party are have a giant 20 foot demon between you and them. So they're probably not going to pick you out. And the demon is as have proven so far, not super perceptive. <laughs> like so, it's a few, few you know, steps you're at pretty, a time. You're pretty and good. I, stop. I don't know why that this is the motion <laughs> like for, for, bush, for bush hands, but this is how I'm doing it. And I stop. <laughs> I look around and I go again. Sigurd <laughs> <laughs> <Cigar> bush. <laughs> All right, so you guys are you guys are led off into the forest, and then you guys get, you get to a clearing uh, that is is a little bit unnatural of a clearing. Like you guys have been in the woods around Murkheim before, and it, it, the woods are thick. And uh, this area is just it, there's a probably thirty foot uh, wide. Oh, I guess it'd have to be bigger than that. We got a twenty foot tall demon. Let's make it a sixty foot wide, like. Uh, diameter circle of 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 trees are just gone like they look like they they look like they've all just been cleaved down to the stump but the the cuts are like perfect uh is there any way i can make some kind of intelligence roll because i've done so much studying to to know what i know about like demons Ugh. okay the so-called tolerant left am i right <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're going to have to make, uh, an intelligence and I would say arcana cause we don't really have like a nice. religion thing. We just kind of lumped yeah. it all under arcana. Oh, one. All right. What what are you trying to what are you trying to surmise here? What are what what particularly like made you start to think? Okay, hey, so hey, I'm, hold on a I'm trying to figure out if this giant circle is say like uh we're being going to be like summoned somewhere if they like we're about to I guess either be sacrificed here if this is maybe we're about to be teleported somewhere if we're about to like descend into hell or. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the the level of perfection that this that this uh, this circle kind of encompasses makes you think that that this is in some sort uh, of a magic circle of some sorts, right? I mean, as you're walking in, like there's 
at the very edge of this circle, there's parts where like parts of trees have been cut, okay. you know, where it's like they were just on the outside of this of this radius. And so like the level of precision there tells you that this is a magic circle of some sort, whether it's summoning teleportation, like just a container. You know, you don't really know, but you know that you're walking into into something that has been used as a, as a magic circle of some okay, sort. So j- just so I can say it before. So people aren't like later on, like, sure, you did. Like I'm Lola is ex- like paying attention to very you know, minute details about what is about to happen in case they go somewhere and they have to get back. Like with her okay. arcana. Let the record show that Lola is paying attention. Like she's paying attention. <laughs> Taking notes. All right. <clears throat> well, you guys are dragged to the middle of uh, of the of this kind of giant circular clearing, and are all kind of uh, pushed in, kind of closely together in the center of the circle. Uh, you just kind Lola of Lola grabs on to, to. Oh, I guess she can't. Her hands are tied. Never mind. With your teeth, you can. She bites Mirko's arm. No! (laughs) Don't! (laughs) Just just bite down on her hair, like, carefully. Okay. She stands very close to Mirko. All right. Well, you guys uh, walk. You guys are you're you're kind of pushed to the middle of this clearing. Uh, Ezra, where are you at this point? Bush style. Oh, God. I'm being straight up. I'm still bush style. Sneaking right in the in the trees yeah, I'm outside not in the this, circle. Uh, this circle. I'm outside Uh-oh. of the circle. Uh oh. All right. So one of the tieflings uh, pulls something out of a um, out of a backpack and brings it to the very center. There's a, you can see on the ground. There's like a a hole almost like a half uh, uh, half dug out a, a hole maybe like maybe a half a foot deep. Um, and he he has something that's that's covered with a with a silk handkerchief and he brings it to the center of the hole and he just kind of places it in there and you see when he's whatever it is it's you know it's roughly about the size of uh you'd say like maybe an apple okay something very small uh and he places it down into that hole i got that eagle eye can i come Uh on that's my specialty is noticing shit yeah noticing things that are covered with silk handkerchiefs well (laughs) <laughs> Let's okay. see what I you roll. can try. You can try. We'll see what you we'll see what you see. Oh, eight, eight. So three, eight, four, eight. Oh shit! Sun. Okay. Uh, so you notice that whatever is is there is is completely covered by this <laughs> this handkerchief. What an asshole! That, to to the point that you notice that he, that they are being. S- very careful to keep it covered it's like tied the handkerchief is tied behind it basically to make sure that whatever is in here is not exposed cool all right so they place it down into this into this hole uh in between kind of all of you and uh when it sits down in there it's still kind of halfway sitting like the lit like the top of it is basically sitting out of this hole that they've dug like just almost aligned perfectly with the ground uh, and they they pull a little string and it unties this handkerchief and they kind of step back away, not too far. I mean, they are kind of still right around you. And the demon, uh, 20 foot tall, massive demon kind of steps in closer as well. And then one of the tieflings yanks uh, a cord and the, um, the, the cover flies off of, of this thing that they've placed in the nope. hole. And if you guys look down 
Uh, is anybody looking at what's what's getting uncovered yeah. here? What did I say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So if you're looking I for said it. it. <laughs> all right. As soon as it, it becomes uncovered, um, you immediately recognize a wither glass. Oh, shit. Oh. And uh, one of the tieflings standing close to you uh, uh, says an incantation that I can't remember off the top of my head. So really quickly. Does he start singing Journey? He does start singing Wheel in the Sky in Elvish. <laughs> but yeah, all of a sudden, uh, the world kind of bends in on itself. And you guys, from Ezra's perspective, just blink out of existence. What the shit? No. Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's let's stay with Ezra for a second. So Ezra, you see the entire party just like womp and they're gone. This bush plan really backfired. <laughs> oh, was way too soon on that mission accomplished banner. Oh, because of President Bush. Yep. No, got it. <laughs> Making sure Bajaya got it since she's, you know, an immigrant. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so I guess I shake off my my bush. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Stuff. I'm no, now I'm no longer a bush. Yeah, you should. Didn't, you know, need that, to, didn't know that was going to get said tonight, did you we? You need to shave your bush. It's the move. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, Come on, just shake out your bush. And I'm like, well, uh, is Jamtooth with me? No, Jamtooth is with the crew. Everyone's like, gone Jamtooth and Moon Kevin are, and Nigel are all gone. Well, this didn't. Uh, Ezra walks in the middle of the circle and he starts looking around. He's like just hanging out in the middle of the circle. Yeah. <laughs> when you look down in the hole, you see like just a, a cracked, uh, uh, just a cracked mirror sitting in there. I will point out that you were the one that caught the walkie talkie from Yanoff. So you probably still have oh, communication no. with him. Uh, I don't know. I'm covering my mouth. Uh, Yanoff, uh, there's a, you get, we got a minor hiccup. Over. Uh, yeah, what's, uh, what's the problem? I'm, I'm glad to hear from you so soon. I, I figured there'd be, like, torture and all that stuff first, but, uh, good to hear. What's going on? Over. Oh, sorry, I pressed the thing too soon. Over. Uh, I can't confirm or deny torture. Over. Wait, uh, not over. Over. Wait, no, wait. Uh, I'm, there could be torture, but from, because I'm here. And then they're, because they're not, and then torture. Oh, <laughs> uh, copy. Yeah. Um. They're. So everybody else did. Did they get taken? And you didn't see? Like, I mean, just follow the twenty foot demon, right? Over. <laughs> I was a bush. Over. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. That that happens. Um. Just shake it out. And uh, any other any other clues around the area? Over. <laughs> Yeah, uh, 20 years ago, I saw a play <laughs> called Spas Jam, and a fellow reached into a, a hole for his golfing ball and was sucked into a Toontown. I think we're dealing with that sort of scenario, because they were all here, there was a handkerchief on the ground, and they were sucked into the kerchief while it was a bush over. Uh, yeah, wait a minute. Is there a, do you have a, is there a broken mirror there? Over. 
There appears to be a mirror. Yes, over. Uh, Roger, stay put. I'm I'm coming to you. And then uh, within a couple Ten of minutes, within a couple of minutes, you hear farting over from <laughs> above the trees. Uh, here comes Yanov in his flying uh, jetpack assembly. I'm glad you made it over. Uh, thanks for coming. Over. Yeah, you don't you don't have to use that anymore. Um, I'm right here, so copy that. Over. Oh, <laughs> okay, wait, this yeah, is confusing. Sorry. It's really difficult to, when I'm hearing. I'm hearing you in two places right now. So, okay, yeah. So, holy Moses, it's a withered glass. We've, I don't even know who yeah, Moses, Moses is. My cousin, and he's uh, he's a priest. We did the bush bit with Moses. That's what we did. You missed when I was. Oh, you, you know, know, my, you know my cousin go. Moses. Yeah, man. Yeah, his brother Aaron. Good guys. So I, I have, I've researched these things for years. I didn't know, I didn't know that we would find one out here of all places. Why is one? Why do they have a wither glass here? <sighs> oh, do you remember? I think because the demon is a puppet. You get it? Oh, God. Someone sent the demon to take them, and I bet they think we're going to be there. And they're going to. So maybe there's not even torture. Maybe there's a banquet. I'm, I'm not following. <laughs> Don't you get it, my man? Agarion's alive. He sent the demon because he gave us the wither glass in the first place from the tomb. Well, yeah, I remember you guys telling me about the tube and using a wither glass to get out. I didn't. I was think a I bush for a long time. <laughs> he's like super interested in this, in this, in this wither glass. Like he's like looking at it like it's the holy grail. He's like delicately picking it up and like inspecting the edges. And are these things, are these things single use? Can they? They said some words. I'm pretty good at hearing things and repeating them back perfectly. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean they are they are single use. This one this is not Okay. This one looks new. Like these things were used hundreds and hundreds of years ago. I mean they were all made that long ago. They were put into the tombs of kings in case they got buried alive or something. They could, you know, get a little presto change of teleportation out of it. So anytime anybody's ever found one of these things, it's it's been hundreds and hundreds of years old. This thing is, I mean, could have been made yesterday. Mm. I don't, I don't know what to make. I, I you know, all right. What does that mean for us? I got more of this bush pace. We could always just be bushes forever. We could just live a bush life. <laughs> we'll just do it. We'll just do it. We'll just be some couple of bushes out. In the woods, photosynthesizing. I'm sure that's how it works. So Yanov reaches down and pulls the the broken wither glass out of the hole in the ground, and you notice that there's another one, another broken wither glass underneath oh, it. And he pulls that one out, and there's another one under that. <gasps> and he keeps doing this, and there's like a stack of these things, like eight or nine of them, just like stacked up underneath. The plot thickens. Yeah, I, I maybe we should just bring them back to the to the to the city. Maybe we can get Pistrum to look at them, give us some information about. I don't know. I, this is a little bit above my head. 
I mean, so we could either do that or we could be bushes forever. I mean, your plan sounds good, I guess. So let's uh, go see uh, Pistrum. All right. So you guys scoop up the uh, you scoop up the wither glasses and you start heading back into town. All right. The rest of the crew. Yay. Uh, you guys uh, immediately. Uh, the world has been in on itself. And then when it expands back, you are in the middle of uh, like kind of a makeshift camp uh, with. Uh, hide tents all around and uh, a nice a nice fire going and uh, that freaks me out quite a quite a bit until you all immediately pass out from this whole <laughs> teleportation thing. Okay, so I don't know you guys can't really do a whole lot with that. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> we come too. Uh, you wake up and you uh, let's say let's say Mort wakes up first. Mort, you wake up and as you look around. Uh, Mirka and Lola are both here with you. So is Jamtooth and Moon Kevin and Nigel as well. Um, and you guys are all bound to chairs. And you are in uh, what's obviously a, a fairly large uh, tent. Uh, I will carefully look around, sort of maintaining the illusion that I'm still passed out. Yeah, difficult to do because your eyes have suddenly started glowing. But uh, the guard at the that is that is at the door doesn't seem to be like hyper focused on you right yet. Like he's kind of half leaning out the the. It's not really a door. I mean, it's a flap. But I mean, what are you going to do? So he's half leaning out the flap of the tent, like having a conversation with somebody on the outside, and so he hasn't noticed that you're awake yet. Can I use my play dead skill to make sure he doesn't? notice if he does turn around sure i forgot you had that yeah that's uh a bluff uh and bluff and wits i would say composure nah, well presence probably manipulation 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 yeah. yep so that's five total That's three successes. Oh, yeah, you got this guy straight fooled. Okay. So you just kind of lounge your head over to the side in a way that your hood comes back and covers over your face enough so that he's not going to be able to see that your uh, glowing blue spectral eyes are uh, showing some signs of afterlife. Is he the only person around? Yeah, I mean, he's the only person around that did not come with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so what's in this tent? Is it, like, nicely furnished, or is it just, like, an empty, bare tent with some chairs? And yeah, I mean, it? it's pretty bare. Uh, you got a bunch of chairs with some dudes uh, bound to them. You got some hay, uh, some decent, halfway decent hay. Uh, and you got a, uh, you got a small dog kind of underneath your chair. Just kind of curled up at your feet. That's about all you got in here. Um, how am I bound? Are my hands in front of me or like behind the chair? Um, they bound your hands behind you when they pulled you guys in. I don't imagine why they would like rebind you in front. So yeah, they're bound behind your back. And then uh, probably your feet are bound to the binds at your wrists. So I'm like, Hogtide sort of thing. 
Yeah, yeah, on the position. on the chair. So yeah, your hands are behind you. Your legs are bound below you, and then there's a rope going between them. Can I signal to Rufus to start chewing through my ropes? Yeah, you can. Uh, you're gonna have to do a uh, animal handling and. Uh, I think we called that a uh, present. I don't know. We could either do presence or manipulation, I guess. Okay. I mean, you are trying to get him to do something, but he would probably want yeah, to do it. So he, I think it might be more a presence thing. I would think it'd be more a presence thing just because it's just you're just trying to get the point across to him. Yeah. Okay. Two successes. All right. What what do you do to signal this to Rufus? Um, I sort of get his attention, like tapping with my foot, so he looks up at me and sort of nod down towards my ropes, and like make a grinding teeth type motion. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, he 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 catches the he catches what you're throwing down. So he starts he starts gnawing at the ropes. But I mean, it's gonna take a little while. He's a little dog. Okay. Is there anything else of interest in the room? Uh, no, that guy at the at the flap is is no longer talking to the guy outside, so he just kind of looks a little bored now. He glances around the room, but you don't think he notices anything about you. Uh, you do notice you do notice a um, you do notice a handful of of dark patches on the ground uh, um, um, among the hay, and if you were to guess, you'd say that there's probably been some bloodshed here. Okay. So I will wait for Rufus to finish his Norin and then carefully try and wake someone else up. Who's the closest to me? Uh, the closest to you is Jamtooth. Mm, maybe not <laughs> Jamtooth. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you're thinking that and you're thinking to yourself, man, I'm just going to wait for Rufus to chew through and then I might wake up like, gosh. I guess Moon Kevin's pretty close. Uh, Jamtooth wakes up oh. and he kind of like <laughs> groggily shakes himself awake. He's like, oh, man, as, what's going on? Hello. <laughs> and the guy at the tent like walks in. He's like, hey, quiet down or something. I didn't really think out what I was going <laughs> to say to you. <laughs> um, this is all um, you, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I realized that when I started getting into this, and I'm like, "Wait, I'm gonna have to have a conversation with myself." And I wasn't prepared for both sides of it. Usually, you can think when the other person talks. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, he, he rushes in, uh, and uh, two more guys come in from outside the tent, and he like elbows one, and he and, uh, and he says, "Go get the master in arms," and then the one guy runs out. I don't suppose we've st still got our equipment with us, do we? No, you don't have anything on you. Uh, and so uh, the guy that was originally at the at the at the flap of the tent starts uh, basically starts giving uh, Jamtooth the interrogation technique. You know, just trying to figure out, you know, who are you? Who are these people? What do you know? Where are you from? Um, you know, and starts asking questions about Murkheim in general, like you know why are you guys all of a sudden coming through here when, you know, we've been getting the dregs lately, that kind of stuff. Jamtooth for his point is not being super helpful because <laughs> he doesn't know anything, but he, he has introduced all of you at this point. 
So you're still playing it coy, playing it sleepy? Um, I will start to sort of pretend like I'm beginning to come to. Sort of a little bit of a moan, uh, RT if out my head, and that sort of thing. Yep. Okay. Uh, at this point, pretty much anybody that wants to be awake can wake up. Uh, Nurka wakes up. I want to say that she wakes up like right next to one of those dark red spots, but like right next okay. to it. So she wakes mm-hmm. up, she sees it, and she immediately freaks out, gets up, starts like patting herself down, uh, turning. You realize you are bound. Right. Okay. Okay. Never <laughs> to mind. a chair. She. Right? <laughs> so she. There's not a lot of I getting up. I forgot that she was bound to chair. She furiously starts to try to look at her back to make sure that none of that red stuff got to her, even though that is impossible because that's on the floor. So she just kind of starts <laughs> moving the chair around. So she starts hopping the chair around in a circle frantically. Okay. Until, uh, until when someone st- stops. When you start me. hopping the chair. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the one of the guards from the front of the tent comes over and pushes you back in your chair and you fall on your back. And so now you're bound uh, and it hurts quite a bit because you fall on your wrists that are bound behind you. And so like all of your weight goes onto the chair that goes onto your wrists onto the ground. Luckily, there was some hay there. So you are now not hopping around but so much as the, writhing. No, you're not, not in the, the red stuff. No, it's dried. It is. But I mean, you kind of half are, but it's dried. Oh, you okay. can tell. <laughs> And she just goes, oh, it hurts, but at least I don't have that shit on me. <laughs> uh, Lola will eventually wake up as well and kind of signal to um, Hank in her hair to start gnawing on the back of her ropes as well. Hank is not there. Yeah, I, t- I said he was. Yeah, but he's <gasps> not. <laughs> my little my, my voice. <laughs> I've abandoned my child. This is she, a delicacy. She does. She, she starts like panicking when she realizes he's not around. Like Hank, 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 Hank. Has anyone uh, uh, has anyone seen Hank? Uh, so the guards kind of kind of part ways, and uh, a a very large armored gentleman walks in, and uh, you recognize the armor uh, because it is. I mean, it is royal armor of the kingdom of Murkheim. Uh, well, the kingdom of Gravemire, the, the the city of Murkheim proper. I mean, it is the it is it is armor that uh, someone in the king's guard would wear. Um, she's kind of staring at him. Hey, hey, hi. Who is in charge here? We all look at each other. <laughs> uh, I, I assumed you were more like good sir right well you're obviously not the normal dregs none of you belong to the city guard so of your crew who is in charge here I'd rather be addressing one of you uh, we are democracy we're all in charge uh. sir <laughs> <laughs> alright so not you <laughs> Well, I mean, she does kind of have a point. Yes, we we don't have a a leader. We're we're all good friends here. No need to be bossing people around, you know? 
All right. Well, fair enough. I, um, I assume you're Clash Tigers group, right? Uh, uh who wants that to know? Depends who's asking. I mean, you're not, you're not exactly passing for, for normal adventurers around these parts. It's a Yeti, a Harpy, and a skeleton with a dog. So you, you've heard of us, have you? Yeah, I mean, I've heard of you. I, I've, I've been in this parts for, well, I'm not for a while, but, you know, I'm back. And, uh, wait, aren't, I, 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 I've kept tabs. Are you, are you one of them? She says, motioning, motioning to the tieflings. Are you one of us? Well, it's, uh, it's a difficult, uh, it's a difficult line to draw sometimes. So I'm going to explain a few things to you. And I apologize for the circumstances under which we're meeting. But uh, there's a whole lot going on here that you guys might not be aware of. Oh, no, we're so. aware of nothing. <laughs> Literally okay. nothing. It's a good baseline, I suppose. Where should I start? All right. Well, first of all, your friends in the city guard are fine. Uh, just to put your minds at ease. I mean, most well, of them I mean, are fine. This is also kind of a strong term. Um, All so right. You okay. haven't killed them then? Well, not. Okay. So some of them have been killed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the bulk majority of them have not been killed. In fact, uh, they found uh, service here. Uh, and uh, they've they've decided that this is uh, that we have a noble cause um, here, and, and, and they joined our noble cause. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, so we are about uh, about fourteen miles south of of Murkheim right now. Not too far. I mean, definitely uh, enough that I don't think we would be found under normal circumstances. Uh, but we're close. We're still very close. Oh, okay. Uh, we were looking for more of a, a, you know, a broad sense of, well, I mean, I guess a narrow sense of here rather than the broad one you've provided. Well, there's not really much of a, of a here. I mean, it's a, it's a camp. It's a forward base camp of our uh, organization, basically. Okay, I think that's what we're looking for. What, what is here in regards to your organization? All right. Like I said, there's a lot to explain. So you'll have to forgive the fact that I am a little bit uh, roundabout at times. Um, okay. So do you remember King Rowan? Do and all of you would remember King Rowan. That is yes. the, the father of the current king. Uh, I'm going to feed this story to somebody just so that they're the ones that know it the best. And probably it would be Lola. Lola, you would probably, you're She's a reader. somebody that hangs out in the, uh, in the library a mm -hmm. lot in the town. So, I mean, you're probably the one that would have read up most on this, on this story. Yeah. Uh, but the, the story is that, uh, King Rowan was, uh, murdered by his son, uh, Prince Amethyr. And, uh, that, uh, he, you know, he was involved in all car, all sorts of dark magics and, uh, was, uh, he sacrificed his, his own father to please, you know, some demon Lord or something of that nature. And, uh, that was, uh, witnessed by at the time Prince Eloy, uh, and then 
the, the, the guard uh, assembled around Prince Amethyst and they brought him to the to the jail and then they had him captured. And then using his dark magics, he escaped capture and he has been on the run ever since. Uh, but it is it is the uh, the the ascension to power story for for King Eloy. And uh, so when this guy asks you if you know uh, if you remember King Rowan, you you remember the story very well. It's a story you like a lot. Right. OK. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I know the one that, you know, he's not a not the brightest star in the history of our of our nation. Well, I mean. There's uh there's some parts to that story I think that uh that need revising. Um and um what do you know of your of your current king? What what do we know of the current king? He's kind of a douche, yeah. but like and, and you guys know from firsthand knowledge of recent that like this town's in turmoil and so he's fled and left the people here like and like he doesn't seem to be very a very honorable king, but he is your uh, rightful king. So I mean, there's only so much you're gonna say about yeah. that. Yeah. What was his name? Uh Eloy. He's um uh currently indisposed. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, he's fled, right? Some would use a word like that. <laughs> All right. Well, I I suppose I should just I should just come out with it. Um, Usually the pitch we give uh, to the to the guards that that have come through here in the past is, you know, we'll pay you double and uh, we'll make sure your family's taken care of. You want for nothing. You know, and we're going to make a new world uh, for for all of the people. And, uh, you know, everybody's going to be supported. And, uh, you know, that kind okay. of thing. And usually if you talk to people about that, they, they understand it. They understand, you know, things aren't going great in the city as it is. Well, I mean, uh, but I don't. Um, can I ask? I mean, that's a pretty good pitch. I mean, a lot of people are going to go for that. What? Why did you, the demon? Uh, oh, yeah. So um, uh, this is tough. OK, so hold on a second. And he walks over to you and like walks behind you and starts and he kind of like half lifts up your chair. You're pretty light. <laughs> and he kind of carries you to the flap of the tent. And uh, as you look outside, you see that 20 foot tall demon uh, still standing to the side of the camp. Mm-hmm. And it is not moving at all. It's just standing there stark, like still. So Lola's going to st- stare at it for a bit and be like mm-hmm. is it like is is this I mean is it real well I mean it's it's kind of real like Jerry bring it down and so he uh he waves over at, at a guy and a little gnome like runs back over to this giant demon <sighs> and like jumps up and jumps into its stomach almost no, no. and then uh, immediately you see like a shimmering wave of arcane energy just float off of this thing. And it is a massive, like mechanical construct uh, with a 
uh, a, a, an axe attached to one limb and a giant uh, piece, like a giant rock strapped to the other. Uh, and it looks like uh, a pretty fierce thing on its own, but you can obviously tell that it's, it's some sort of illusion that's been cast on this to make it look like it's demonic. Huh? Okay. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was Jerry's, uh, that was Jerry's well, idea. Mean, it's, it's pretty great, yeah, right? I mean, not bad. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, the plan has been, um, you know, over time, you know, draw out the guard, uh, more and more of the, of the guard would come out. Um, you know, you weaken the, the city's defenses, leave it open for a siege if need be. Uh, but really, uh, you, you, you basically continue to, to undermine the people's faith in the king. So when the inevitable happens, which is, uh, coming very soon, then, uh, they're willing to move on. Inevitable. Yeah, I'm I'm talking about regicide. Well, okay, that's what I thought you were talking about. Um, I mean, I can't say we would support that. She says, looking at the others. What if I told you that uh, King Aloy is the one that killed King Rowan? Yeah, I thought that was. I, I thought that, that was, was pretty solid. Uh, and as you say, <laughs> I, as you guys say this, uh, uh, well, I guess at this point, Lola, you've been dragged back into the tent with the rest of them. Uh, but as you say this, the, the tent flap uh, dramatically flies aside and in in uh, striding in, in in brilliant gleaming armor is uh, someone that uh, looks every bit of royal blood. And he addresses you and says, yes, uh, can I? Can I help you? I am Prince Amethor. Yeah, yeah, you heard me right. Prince Amethor. Now, you may not have known the, the part that the brute force had to play in the uprising by Prince Amethor, but <laughs> well, it's going to get really spicy really soon. Any of the history buffs in the audience, go ahead and jot yourself down a note to make sure and be back here next week, uh, because... You're going to learn some things that they just don't put in the history books. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that's the real underground royal history stuff, right? Well, I do hope that I see all of you back here next time. We will we will see quite a bit more of, of, of good old Amethyr in the next uh, part of the story. Um, as the brute force continue to, to make their way around camp and uh, interview some of the people that have found themselves in his, uh, in his, in his encampment. And they, they will have a moment where they have some deciding to do to, to figure out their place in the coming wars. Well, I mean, minor battles. It really wasn't much of a war. It was over mostly before it was started. But in, in its own way, that was largely due to the brute force themselves. And, and so um, there's a, a lot of, of really groundbreaking fundamental things going on here that are really showing you the seeds of the plant that you live on, right? That was my analogy earlier, I believe. It didn't work then, and it's not working now. I, I, I'm sorry. Um, all right, well, until next time, I, I, I am Jasper Spitwhistle. Please tip your Minotaur bartenders. Consider trying the two-for-one platter that they have here now. It's uh, You get two different entrees for the price of one, and the smaller portions of the entrees, sure, but you all in all get a little bit more food than what you would have gotten if you did this the one thing, and um, 
It's a great way to try all the different uh, dishes that they have here. So two for one. Uh, it's uh, during the Wednesday happy hour. So between uh, 4.30 and, and 6.17. It's, uh, not, it's not, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me that they call it a happy hour when it's more than an hour long. And I don't know why they stop it at 6.17 specifically on the dot. Uh, but that's kind of how they do things here. So make sure and try that on Wednesdays. And uh, good night to all of you. potatoes didn't get enough monstrous action on this episode of brute force well then check out these other geekly ink shows including drunks and dragons casts of thrones cthulhu and friends transformation sequence podcast and your wizardary you can also head over to bruteforcepodcast.com to read character journals or follow the party on our map of eora if you've liked what you've heard so far then please consider donating to our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash bruteforce so that this band of misfits and weirdos can continue to deliver the content that you enjoy. Also, don't forget to make your way over to iTunes to leave us a five-star rating and review. Reviews are like shiny things, and that makes Lola happy. New episodes come out every other Tuesday, so go subscribe, grab your gear, and get ready to go adventuring with Brute Force.